imagine you're playing like sims or something like that on a computer and then one of the guys like all of a sudden turns around and looks out the screen and is like hey you there yeah <laughs> like, hey you what the hell are you what's going on and then you're like oh shit this thing knows that i'm here now shut it down shut it down <laughs> as far as i know this is all that I need to do to fulfill whatever the thing was trying to tell me to do is just talk honestly about these things on podcasts and whatnot. And so hopefully I've fulfilled that obligation and I don't have to spend more time in a fucking psych ward. Greetings, future fossils. I'm Michael Garfield welcoming you to another episode of the podcast that explores our place in time. Do your past lives keep you from the here and now? Concerned that your future self might be sending you a retro-causal information wave, attempting to communicate some vital synchronicity? If so, you are in fine company today, because this week's guest is comedian Shane Moss, Future Fossils Podcast's first returning guest. Travel with me, if you will, back to the misty recesses of 2016 and this podcast's episode 7, when Shane had only begun what would become a 111-date tour for his comedy routine about psychedelics, a stand-up entitled A Good Trip. I saw this show multiple times, and it was amazing. But one of the things that I like most about Shane was how such a hard-edged psychonaut can also be such a skeptical, canny, dare I say even slightly scientistic mind, in spite of his heroic adventures into the realms of DMT and psilocybin. I mean, anybody who has had a deep psychedelic experience knows that there are some very mysterious things in there, and it's unwise to speak with certitude about any of them. Nonetheless, Shane and I went back and forth for years about whether these experiences were ultimately meaningful or meaningless. Now, let's fast forward to last summer. Shane's working on a documentary about the revival of psychedelic therapy science. When I get a message from him saying, you were right all along. Two weeks later, he's on Duncan Trussell's podcast telling everyone he just checked himself into a mental institution. So, what happened in between Shane conceding his end of our old synchronicity versus coincidence argument and Shane checking himself into the psych ward? Well, we're going to talk about that, folks. But first, will you take a moment to subscribe and review Future Fossils on iTunes? One day, we'll all be able to share everything we learn instantaneously through wirelessly conducted memory transference of some kind. But until that day, we rely on podcasts to inspire and inform one another. And I consider this task a total sacrament and a fulfillment of my sacred obligation to serve the betterment of this planet. And if you agree that this world's a better place with these conversations than without them, then the best strategy you have until such time comes as you can just beam it directly into another person's brain is to help me game the algorithms at Apple Podcasts. So it'll boost this show in the ratings and into the ears of your new best friends and future lovers. Unlike radio, where everyone is joined into the mystical body of a single synchronous listening audience, 
podcasts spread us throughout the ages, and you and I are bound now in the body of some trans-temporal creature. And I like to think that everyone who leaves a review is providing nourishment to that creature, which is why I am grateful to all of the people who have been helping me babysit this monster from the inside out. New Patreon supporters, Sinjun W., Aubrey Smith, Andrew Botham, got a up pledge from Cody Lotus Light. Way to go, man. Thank you so much for leveling up that pledge. Yeah, everybody at patreon.com slash Michael Garfield. This week, I will be releasing the unedited recordings of the entire next month of Future Fossils. I've got so many good conversations in the backlog right now, and it's just murder for me to keep them on lock like this. So all 86 of you who are currently subscribed, enjoy the next four episodes early. Thank you so much for your support. I cannot wait to get these out to the rest of you. If you have any suggestions for this show, send me an email, futurefossilspodcast at gmail.com. I'm super interested in what guests you'd like to recommend for this spring and summer. Lastly, I know you do not need another reason to be on Facebook, but the Future Fossils Facebook discussion group has become one of my favorite things about that platform. I share tons of interesting articles in there. If that's your bag, join the party. All right, folks, here it is. The untold story of Shane Moss's psychonautic heroism, its concomitant tango with the edge of madness, and then, lo, perhaps, the first dawn rays of a new era of psychedelic science. Enjoy. Right on. Hey, Shane. So glad to have you back on Future Fossils. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. You're actually my first repeat guest. Ooh, all right. Yeah, we've got, I've got a couple others uh, lined up, but this is, uh, yeah, you, you have a special place in my heart and on my show. Oh, mine as well in my heart and on my show. So, uh, let's see. We were, just on your show, we were just Here talking we are about podcast talking about uh, the future of work and how being online is kind of like being crazy. And I don't yeah. know, like where uh, where do you want to pick that up? Um, well, <laughs> well, if it, you're if you're guiding me toward <laughs> my, uh, I, I had a I had an episode this summer where I uh, completely lost my mind, um, and we can talk about that. And some of you actually might be someone that might have some insights into some of the. Um, ideas that I had. I can't, I'm having trouble teasing apart which was, what was like a good idea? What was just, uh, like very imaginative, uh, imaginative, but off? And then what was like just completely delusional? I have like a sense of mm-hmm. a few of them, but, um, but for, uh, for the listeners, <laughs> what had happened was I was kind of finishing this, uh, this 
psychedelic comedy tour that I was on and, uh, it was like 111 cities and I started having, um, uh, I loved it so much that toward the end of it, I was thinking about what I was going to do next with my life and nothing, um, seemed as fun as the tour that I was on. And I, I think that triggered some of my initial panic. I'm not a... <laughs> I don't know why I'm like a really laid back person and I don't know if it's just I'm getting older or what. I'm 37 now and I had my first anxiety attack of my life. I, I haven't even had anxiety for more than like a couple minutes in my life before. I'm not familiar with the feeling at all. And then I, I started getting a little bit depressed, which I'm very familiar with, but it was a pretty mild depression. And I found out year, years ago that I can just gobble up some mushrooms, uh, like two, three times a week for one or two weeks. And that will usually get rid of my depression, which will otherwise last for like two months or so. And, uh, and so I did that and that worked. Um, and then I was like making this documentary about psychedelics and I was like, I know this seems crazy, but what if instead of just getting rid of depression, what if I could actually like feel good? (laughs) And so I like kept up that regimen and then I felt good. And then I was like, okay, this is, I know I'm pushing it now, but what if I could feel great? And that's like, if you're feeling good in life, if you like wake up and you feel good, this is like something that I've never, that's taking me so many years to, this is why I've had issues with alcohol and everything else. Cause I can't just like have a buzz and be like, feel good. Like I can't ever just leave it at that. Um, and so I didn't leave it that with psychedelics I ended up taking shitloads of mushrooms um, and then I quit drinking in July and then I started getting manic. Um, but it was like hypomanic. It was like super productive, really creative, really on top of things. And that is, and that's a, hard to say no to. Oh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> feeling. It's just like, you know, I interview scientists and stuff and I don't always, sometimes I'm really off and sometimes I'm like really insecure about like, am I going to be able to keep up with this person? I don't know anything about this field. When I'm hypomanic, it's like, I got this. No problem. I can keep up with the, the, like, I don't, I don't need to know anything about this field. I'll be asking great questions and I have, you know, and so it is, it's just like, it's a, it's a very addictive, uh, feeling and, and I had, we decided to uh, do a scene uh, in the documentary where I was smoking DMT. Um, and I hadn't smoked DMT in like nine months, uh, even though I had spent years as, as like someone who's big into, D- you know, in three years I'd smoked it like a hundred times or something like that, which I don't know if that's a lot or a little. Uh, it seems I mean, like a lot. I, I, I know a lot of people think of me as a pretty psychedelic dude, but like when I was listening to you talk about your regimen mm-hmm. on, on Duncan's show, <laughs> I was like, my God, this, <laughs> this guy is a professional. Like this is, this is the real shit. Like you, you've gone, I, I'm pretty sure you've gone into some places that I like stood at the door and was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> no, it, like looking through that window into the like Lovecraftian landscape of it, you know, and I was like, mm. so I actually, I actually really respect your, your courage and your dedication to the psychonautics <laughs> of this situation. I do. I, I think that, I think that I'm like, oh, 
reckless adrenaline junkie who doesn't value life that much and uh like you know i think uh i don't i don't i'm not sure how much respect that i have for like my <laughs> own practice i just kind of uh i get bored very easily and um and i just love pushing things to the limit you know i I'm just the type of guy that like, I broke my feet a couple of years ago and like, I've always, I've always just been the type to like, I w- when I was a kid, my friends all called me like madman or shaniac or whatever. And like, like, <laughs> you know that I'm changing what I've got. You saved in my phone, <laughs> you know, that, because I was a crazy, I've always been a crazy person. Um, and my like, uh, it's funny because looking back and then people are like, you know that one crazy guy in high school? Now I'm like, oh, FYI, that person is crazy. <laughs> like, I know you're just saying that in jest and like a cute, but they're probably actually crazy because I know that I am. And at least in terms of risk taking. Um, and, but I also am very, very inquisitive about these experiences. I think I love thinking about them. I can't stop thinking about them. Um, since smoking DMT, like one of the trickiest things that I've had to wrap my head around is, is how does that world exist and how does like this world and evolution still exist? You know, the duality of it, I guess it's kind of like cliche. Amongst yeah. the psychedelic community, but, but I just, I don't see how, uh, it, you know, the things that I see, it's like, I don't, I don't see how there can be a bottom up approach and a seemingly top down approach, which is the DMT world seems very top down, seems very much like a creator type of thing. And uh, through the years came up with all these fun, a uh, little like neuroscience explanations, trying to wrap my head around, uh, you know, why the brain would be hallucinating these types of images and this sort of thing. And I was always kind of pushing. I'd be seeing gods and spirits or whatever, but I'd always be like, "You're not God." But that's you know? the thing is that you're 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 a true skeptic, yeah. which I you know that's the thing that like shocked me when you started texting me and telling me that you were like <laughs> you felt that you had. Like phenomenally that you had experienced enough that it had confirmed to you that it was starting to like uh, erode your, your admittedly like amazing skepticism (laughs) that you like go in there a hundred times and not come back like I did immediately like proselytizing this and being like reality is not what you thought it was folks, you know, but that you, that, that you managed to maintain this sort of scientific detachment for as long as you did is, is really something. I know. So I want to, so I want to hear like, you know, getting into, cause, cause you actually, your, your episode with Duncan Trussell's family yeah. hour is superb in terms of like getting into the whole like yeah, rundown so of all that. Yeah, that. But, but, you didn't, but I can get there, into the actual yeah, ideas. In there, of, you didn't I never really got to share what stuff. I actually yeah. saw. And I, I'm so really we'll get into that. Know, so like, listen to me on Duncan Trussell yeah. talking about like how this actually happened. I started, I started kind of seeing like visions of the future on DMT and they seem like they're kind of becoming true in this dmt realm like every time i'd pop in there it was like it was waiting for me and it knew exactly where i was going to be and it was messing with my head a lot and uh and so i it's the, did it's the cookies 
the, the they're, they're tracking your browser uh, activity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, um, I forgot what cookies were for a second because I'm like, that sounds delicious. <laughs> um, but I had, uh, I did ayahuasca the day before I was doing ayahuasca. I had started seeing weird things happening in life that just like, I, I just am not the type of person that believes in, um, oh my God, why am I, uh, why am I all of the sudden, like everything's coincidence to me. I, I don't, uh. Oh, synchronicity. Oh my God, why am I forgetting the word synchronicity? Yeah, I'm not the person that I, I'm not into synchronicity in any way. And all of a sudden I started having like these kind of spooky-ish things, not, not like scary, just like, was that just, is that really happening? Like, here's a, this isn't a convincing example in any way. Um, but I would think about, you know, I'd be on a highway and I'd think about like this, uh, this like cartoon cat, um, Felix the cat from, from Alice in Wonder, or not, not Felix the cat, the Alice in Wonderland. The cat, the, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'd be on the highway thinking about seeing that while I was on DMT. And like the moment I think about that experience, I would like turn to the right and it, and a car would have a huge sticker of that cat <laughs> on its back passenger side window. That's actually just a really like good one. looking at me. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Like, I've never seen that before in my life. Like, who puts a huge sticker on their back passenger side window? And of that cat, and the moment that I think about that cat, and and it's the Cheshire cat too, yeah, yeah, which is Ch- like you're not, it's not you know Heathcliff, the totally right. normal, not psychedelic, right. not not DMT cat, right, right, right. Yeah. It, it is the DMT cat, <laughs> and so and so I'm like you know, it's it's things like that that I can't even remember half of them, and it wouldn't even matter if I did because it's like if I were someone listening, I'd be like whatever, you know, and then. But the day of, I started, I had DMT a few weeks and I had this unexplained experience where this, this thing, I was filming for the documentary and this thing was just like, I saw it controlling all of these, uh, different dimensions and it popped in. It was like this controller or creator or guy, whatever, I don't know, whatever. Did you, did you see its credentials? Did it flash a badge? No. Or did it just say, I am the controller and you're like, sure. No, it was actually like so busy doing other things. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it came to me and was like, Shane, you must deliver this message. It was like doing some weird filing or something and was like, and I popped in there and it just kind of glanced over and was like, hey, Explain this to people. Get out of here. <laughs> like, it was like so, so dismissive. And, uh, but it was, and I was like on camera and it was like it knew I was going to be on camera and I was having a tough time wrapping my head around this. Um, and then I, the day before I was doing ayahuasca, I was thinking about what my intentions, uh, would be. And, um, and I saw I was outside eating lunch. And, um, and I'm not even like the type of person that's like super serious about setting their intentions and all of that. I don't like expectations. 
Um, Where you're setting yourself up for it, the trickster when you do. To, it's like, I'm, I'm going to have this kind of mushroom trip. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. I know. Uh, um, but I, I was thinking about it. I was on the phone with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, some person that was lining up guests for me. And, uh, and there was someone just started setting up. This is in Boulder, Colorado. Someone started, these people started setting up this whole thing with all these Jesus signs and whatnot. And then they just start screaming about how everyone's going to hell and all this, blah, blah, blah. And I, it's so loud. I can't even finish this phone conversation. And I'm just getting like really irritated and I have to end the phone call and I'm watching these guys just like losing it and like getting in people's faces and yelling like everyone's just out having this nice day trying to enjoy their lunch. And I'm like getting so worked up that finally I tried to go up to the guy calmly at first and I was like, hey man, do you really think this is how Jesus, like this isn't how Jesus was spreading his message why why wouldn't you act more like she and then and he start and he's like well if you saw the whole house on fire if you saw a house on fire wouldn't you yell too and then i i just started flipping out i'm like if i if you saw a crazy person in the street would you put them (laughs) And, and, and like and i and then now i'm like getting embarrassed because i'm yelling at this guy for yelling at people and like and now I'm like, is he trying to get me worked up? Maybe this is what, and there's this weird look in his eye too. That was, I had started noticing a couple times, like I saw this crackhead once with it and I saw, I had these DMT experiences a couple times that showed me that like, that there's like this, this almost like an electromagnetic net. There's like this flat um, fabric, this pattern that's, I see this all the time on DMT. It's the grid you see in the Alex Gray paintings, like the, the transfiguration. To, yeah. To, yeah that, I mean, that, that, the, the painting he's got of the meditator and it's that grid going into the distance kind of. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, uh, yeah, that's it. And it seems like I'll, in the beginning of a DMT state, I'll go from like, some like weird cartoon story that's of this world showing me that this is kind of just a story that I'm telling myself. And then it zips me into this pattern. And then once I'm in there, then that's the full like DMT experience. And I'd always kind of been fascinated. It seemed like, uh, the edge of, uh, like the intersection of everything and nothing or something like that somehow. And, um, and I, I had these ideas, um, early on that, that our brains are doing these, um, these really, really complicated calculations that we aren't privy to and that we actually, our brains have figured out so much more about life than our consciousness has figured out how to yet tap into and articulate and that it sometimes accidentally bubbles up through our behaviors and through the the ways that we talk about things. So like an example is, and don't take this as a, like a literal example. This is like just a metaphor for what I'm talking about. Um, I remember seeing this pattern after a particularly strong DMT trip. So I was kind of obsessed with this flat pattern thing and this this Einstein quote, I'm not even sure it's a real Einstein quote, to be honest. It doesn't matter for the story, but it was about, they asked him, um, 
uh, something about his clothes, like why he, why he wears the clothes that he does, these plaid clothes. And, and he was like, well, when you can understand that the universe is expanding into nothing that is somehow something, then wearing stripes and plaid is easy. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, like stripes and plaid, that's like what everything seems to be like wearing kind of that's like on the outskirts of what everything all of this existence is wearing is what it seemed like to me in these many many dmt experiences that i've had and so so it kind of got me thinking like you know like maybe einstein was accidentally trying to like tell us something tapping into something Mm. that we don't even realize that he didn't even realize perhaps or maybe he was realizing it and being like wink wink i don't think that's the case i think that he wasn't aware of what he is saying he's just he was a very visual thinker and i think that you can tap into um these these worlds on the natch that are uh like when um, Elon Musk goes on and on about simulation theory. I sometimes think like, well, it's not, it's certainly not crazy to believe that we're living in a simulation in any way. But I also do wonder if, if you're just like naturally a deep thinker and your brain's constantly running simulations, if you get down to a certain level where just everything does seem like simulations because you are looking at simulations yeah. on this level and then you kind of perceive this exterior reality in that way. Well, you, we tend to, we tend to transpose the most sof- like sophisticated technology onto our metaphor for the whole world, you know? So it's like 1700s and we think of the the whole universe as an exquisitely crafted watch, you know, like a mechanical watch. And now we talk about, you know, the human body being a computer that we're programming with drugs. And it's like, it's just, you know, as long as we know that it's just a metaphor. Right, right. But yeah. So anyway, skip, skip to this ayahuasca experience i'd done ayahuasca a couple times before i thought it was like really really mild compared to smoking dmt frustratingly so it was nice but it wasn't it just wasn't (laughs) i wasn't breaking through and so oh oh yeah so so i flipped out on the on the jesus dude and then i was like i'm just gonna get out of because because now they're like they're still yelling at people. Now I'm yelling at you. I'm like, shut the fuck up and let people eat their lunch. It's a normal and, day in Boulder. And, and as I was like walking away, there was in their group, there was this like little adorable, uh, like Mexican man holding a cross with a message on it who is just like sitting there quietly and calmly the whole time oh and the crazy guy had this fucking weird look in his eye ah, i keep on getting uh, all i'm going all over the place so one of the last times that i'd done dmt i saw like my i smoked um i smoked like rather than having like three hits of dmt i really kind of perfected my method with these vaporizers and i was using two instead of one and so i basically took like uh i, I started breaking through on like my second hit and I ended up having like five hits and like really you can stay here at, if you like really concentrate, the whole world will start collapsing. But if you Have really you concentrate doing a webinar on this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> on how to smoke DMT. <laughs> and then I and then like I broke through because there was no stopping it. And then I kept on smoking DMT well in the DMT space. And then my consciousness shot around through existence and it couldn't find its way back to my body. And it was horrifying. And at the end, 
uh, it just like caught me and there was like this weird, like, it was like this cool, like black, like rapper dude in there. It was just like, I got you, man. Shit. You think I don't got you? I got you. And then it showed me that, that like this, this net will like grab when someone's at their lowest moment, when they've completely lost their, their mind, there's this thing that, that can sometimes catch you. And that's why people that, that, you know, have, getting off drugs or what i have this experience where i saw god and then i realized i had to quit and i'm like oh i think that's what mm. i think that's what they're seeing is this weird electromagnetic force thing that's just all metaphor for what the fuck i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but something very you're saying we're, you're saying we're bumper bowling here <laughs> this the simulated universe is like yeah. uh, the training universe you can't fall all the way through <laughs> yeah i think i've come close to ripping through a few times <laughs> and, and and so I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe when it's just, when people are at their worst, um, uh, or, or when they're feeling their most hopeless, I have no fucking clue. That, that was just, that was the last experience I had why I quit doing DMT for a while. Um, and, but since that time, like I saw this like spark in a, the best way to put it, you know that, um, have you, have you ever like seen a, Oh, ask your girlfriends in the other room. I don't, I don't mean to like make things uncomfortable, but once in a while, like once a year after a show, I'll see, and this isn't anyone that I'm interested in or anything else. A girl will come up to me and there'll be just like this weird thing in like a girl's eye. It's got nothing to do with the rest of her might not even be like particularly my type or anything, but just this weird spark in her eye. That I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like, uh, dare I say a soul, you know, like the thing that I don't believe in at all, but there's just something in there that's strange. And I saw it in this like crackhead one time that was like, uh, that was a few months before this that like, I saw this person that was like completely out of control of themselves, but I, they were behaving like a child, like, and I could see it almost looked like they were possessed by an alien or something. I saw the spark in their eye. And I saw the spark in this like crazy dude's eye too that was yelling when he was, he was like, you won't believe the gifts, man, the gifts. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, is that, I'm starting to think like, is that dude possessed? Is he uh. actually possessed by something? Good or bad or what the fuck is going on? Like just this thing that I can't explain. So anyhow, I go by this, uh, this is getting all over the place. I go by this, uh, <laughs> by this Mexican dude and I was like, that's, that's what I was trying to tell the guy. Like sit there with your sign. If someone wants to come up to you, then you can tell them about your thing, but yeah. don't yell at people and ruin their day. And then I was kind of looking at myself and I was like, yeah, I, I do this too. I fucking yell at people online <laughs> about my dumb opinions and, and, and so. And I was thinking like, you know, I could, yeah, maybe I could stand to be more Jesus-like, you know, and, and like practice what I preach a little more. And, and so I set this intention of, uh, of trying to find, I said, find new ways to be calm and confident. Um, cause I also have some self-esteem issues. And that turned out to be a mistake, uh, Ooh. eventually in hindsight, because it certainly gave me all of the challenges that I could fucking endure. But, um, 
so the ayahuasca trip starts and I'm like saying this as a mantra to myself. I'm like, I Shane Moss will find new ways to be calm and, and confident. I just read some stupid thing about like, if you put your own name in a mantra, like oh, your yeah. non-conscious will like be like, Hey, he's talking about me. Right. Yeah, like yeah, the dog's yeah. ears perk up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and so it seemed fucking foolish, but all this stuff seems r- rather foolish to me, but I'm like, you know what? This time I'm just, I don't care how silly it feels i'm just gonna go along with it i had a full cup um of ayahuasca and then an hour went by and you know it's really kicking in and then i had a second cup um and i I don't it didn't seem like anyone else did i think it was like a fair amount and uh, who knows how strong the brew is Mm -hmm. every shaman's always like oh this is a really strong brew just like every feel good you could feel Uh, great (laughs) but um, I, I started seeing, I started seeing these kind of different timelines and seeing that first off it had showed me that, um, I had interviewed this guy on, on, uh, for my documentary that was doing this extended state, uh, trying to put together this extended state DMT trial thing. I don't know if it's a thing that will ever come to fruition or what, but I'm like, that sounds fucking interesting. Like, yeah. It was like low dose yeah. intravenous. Yeah. 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 And so you can stay at the steady state and, you know, for hours potentially. And in sex, it's called edging. <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea is, is that you would still get the full amount. Just you wouldn't have to, when you smoke it, you have to go like more than what it takes and then you settle mm-hmm. into, but you'd be able to just work up to what it takes and then stay there at that steady state for a while. Cruising uh, altitude yeah. instead of like the vomit, comet, parabolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that would, uh, I could actually pull more stuff out of, of it that way. More jokes. And <laughs> they're in there. <laughs> exactly. And so I got this, thing from ayahuasca is kind of showing me that um our uh the way in which we communicate with one another has been severed by our modern culture and how we kind of got to go back to sitting um like around campfires and talking with people around campfires it was about how like our our ancestors did uh, sat around envisioning the future, planning for the future, but you can only kind of plan so far. So they didn't understand exactly what they were making at the time and what would eventually happen. So we kind of sometimes need to go back and reset back to these, these points to steer ourselves back in the, uh, get back to basics or whatever fundamentals and, and steer ourselves in the right direction. And then I got this message about, it was showing me like how to communicate this DMT extended state thing. It was basically telling me that I was to be some sort of weird spokesman for this DMT extended state thing. And none of this, I, I just, I just, you know, you're not supposed to resist during these states. So I'm right. just like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, I'm just trying to accept this. And all the, all the while I'm, as I'm nauseous and everything else, I'm going like, I Shane Moss will stay calm. <laughs> right. They're going to find new ways to stay calm and confident. And, and then I was thinking about how we have these ideas of ourselves, uh, in our heads, but then we have these ideas of other people. Um, as well. And, and I was thinking about, because I'd seen the Jesus guy, I, I was like, that, that guy has this, we all have this idea of Jesus in our heads, whether we believe in Jesus or not. Jesus is a thing, an idea that lives in just like you live in my head and I can have a dream with you in it tonight without you being there. And, and so, and I, I was thinking like, 
about that and where that lives in my mind and how I was gaining access to these different parts of my mind. And then I was thinking about, you know, what, what would Jesus do? This common thing. People are always saying like, what would Jesus do? And then I was like, well, we have the sense of empathy where we can put ourselves in other people's shoes because we develop this, uh, this representation of someone that then kind of lives in our head that we can then kind of pretend to be and take on their place in our heads. And so I was like, well, why, why try to like envision Jesus doing something? Why, why try to like have a dream where you're like seeing Jesus and talking to Jesus when it's just in your head? Like, just be Jesus. And when I said that, this fucking like lightning bolt like struck my fucking head. I swear it was like, it was this huge fucking download of information. The house started shaking and, uh, and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? And at the time I was like, I didn't think that the house actually was shaking and I was like, well, I must've just like tapped into some like really profound idea in my head, this connection that my brain hasn't thought of before. And then I just started seeing all of these patterns in time about how history doesn't repeat itself, but it kind of overlaps itself. So it was like a, a easy way of visualizing it um, is just picturing these moments in these hyper salient moments in time so you, you're taught history and they they don't teach you all of history because that's boring when you journal about your day you don't journal all day that would take a full day to do yeah uh, or longer you do some highlights here and there and kind of history is like that in our minds and and so there's like this kind of fibonacci spiral of of uh overlapping ideas of history and they kind of run and, the, and there's like comparisons to be made like we make we'd be like that person's a nazi or whatever that person's like hitler you know and and like history rhymes yeah, yeah yeah and so i kind of had this idea that inside of our heads that our ideas take shape and and form and that an idea can when when there's like enough computation recruited within the mind because uh, an idea has to be stored somewhere and once an idea is kind of complicated enough it has enough computational power something like that where it takes on a life of its own so to think of an idea like the idea of what an idea is by the time you've formed an idea of we even say like formed and give it these physical attributes or, or you give birth to an idea or you replicate, you know, uh, you twist an idea and, and spin it. And, and so it eventually, like by the time you've come up with the idea of what an idea is, you can't look back on that idea because now your mind has the idea of what the idea is, which it didn't have before constructing it. And so then you're just kind of trying to recreate what your idea of an idea is, which is now changing it. So it becomes this right. But until you thing. have the concept, until you have the concept, it's in the idea itself. You're like inside it. Like you're embedded. In yeah. It. So you can't, it's the whole, like, uh, you know, the, with the McLuhan talks about the invisible environment, which is like, we become aware of this layer of our experience, but that's 
only after we've sort of like distanced ourselves from it and are able to take it as an object. And then once that happens, like he talks about when we, we moved out of nature, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like we, we, we realized that we were distinct from other animals. And so nature becomes the subject of like cave paintings and, and shamanic ritual and all this stuff, because we now know that this is this thing that we were just animals. And now that part of us is like the, the content of our media. And we're seeing the same kind of thing happen like in a new layer now where like our own humanity is becoming the thing that we're sort of like dissociating from. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. no, yeah, that's like, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, and, and so, so it was very much about these layers about how there's this multiverse within our heads. And then we live within this, uh, multiverse. And it seemed like this flat, fat, um, fabric and pattern was this, um, kind of computation. It's, it's this, uh, I, I had many times on DMT, I got this, um, this sense of what it was trying to show me was that this flat fabric and pattern didn't really know why it existed. It just like kind of sprang into existence and, um, and it eventually just like thinks, uh, it eventually just bumps into a new set of laws and like a new set of physical laws. And then when it does that, a new universe springs up and then, um, and then everything that happens within that universe gets pulled back into this fabric, this pattern of everything that is possible as it's happening. Um, like I had a DMT trip one time where, um, I was like walking down the street with my girlfriend and it was showing me that as we live our life, as we have these experiences, it filter, it takes that information and we had gone to a glass blowing museum recently. So it used this as a metaphor and it blew that information of that experience into the tube, which then expanded that, uh, that ball of glass at the end. So this kind of, Every, every experience that happens, every movement of any rock, every thought that we have, any of that is just a new possibility that happens that expands this, um, this weird fabric of what is, uh, what is possible. And so that's expanding out of its control. So this thing that is expanding that's like this realm of possibilities has consciousness, but it knows that it has to be everything that there is and it can't stop it. And then it felt like it would like feel bad about it sometimes <laughs> that it was like, sorry, cause I know there's like shitty things and suffering and whatnot, but you know, it's just, it is what it is. This is everything. And, but this time on ayahuasca, I got the sense that this thing was, it was like patterning like this, this fabric or or God or whatever was going through a parallel uh, layer of development that everything goes through. So you have a life cycle, which is similar to a species having uh, a species can have a similar life cycle. Like maybe humanity is in its infancy right now. Maybe it's a shitty teenager right now. And God in that, like one of the things while I was having was uh, I was thinking about how like if you put a 
four-year-old or or like a really like shitty bratty four-year-old in a suit and told them that they're in charge of the world they would behave <laughs> just like donald trump like they would sound exactly like they would drink water with two hands and all that <laughs> and, and and so this it was this like layered experience that we're learning and becoming more conscious of things as this thing that happened to create the universe also is and it's becoming so it's there this is one of like an infinite number of other universes so it's not really paying and keeping up with a whole lot of what's going on in any of them but once in a while like the uh, you know like imagine imagine you're playing like sims or something like that on a computer and then one of the guys like all of a sudden turns around and looks out the screen and is like Hey, you there. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you. What the hell are you? What's going on? And then you're like, oh shit. This thing knows that I'm here now. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> and it was like a little bit like that, but it was also, it was also that because it had to experience everything, it was like I got this message that like, say this were a simulation and a simulation, you, but you start by playing the heroes first because they're the fun ones to play. And then after a while you play like the other characters, like the peasants or the person that, that you harmed in a, in, in the last game, uh, the guy that you hit over the head with the bottle, then you have to be, uh, the guy that gets their head hit in by the bottle in the next. And then, and then you get empathy from that because before that you didn't really recognize, uh, how much pain that that was until you experienced it and so this thing that created this universe that was getting information from this universe was having was learning and experiencing uh, this empathy uh for these things that it like didn't really like it's, it's just like it just created like the pattern like the the laws of physics that just like put it out there, see what happens. And then things get more and more complicated and start organizing themselves. And then it was like, Oh shit, what did I make? And then it was, it was like, it was trying to help just nudge things a little bit here and there because there is a tremendous amount of, uh, so, so what you want to pay the most attention to is once these things kind of develop their own ways of creating things and, processing power so we have this uh, humans have a, a pretty significant amount of processing power compared to anything else uh in our known galaxy at the moment and so uh and i'm sure there's other aliens with more processing power than than we have but that happens to be more useful because we can create more uh diversity faster and create uh and add to this like realm of of possibilities faster or whatever it might be it's it's like uh none of this sounds crazy yet what's that none of this sounds particularly crazy this is during the ayahuasca trip yeah. uh and i don't think anything was crazy about my ayahuasca trip um it wasn't until afterwards that i kind of went crazy because um, this sounds this all sounds fairly like uh i want to say like almost like vedanta ask this sounds like eastern mystic view of the you know the universe as a play of entering all possible outcomes like all perspectives yeah 
you know, and that, and, uh, and I mean, it's possible that I'm like influenced by those things that I've never read and am very skeptical of. Uh, Right. But but I also think that it's kind of, well, they were uh, stone cold tripping too. Let's be, you know, they're, they're, they're looking through the same microscope. That's like a similar methodology. That's what's exciting to me about this stuff is because I actually don't study. I intentionally don't study psychedelics. I don't read about psychedelic research. I like to experience it on my own and come up with my own ideas and that's why it's really strange when I, then I put them out there and then people are like, oh yeah, this other person that was tripping, like that's, I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't influenced I was by that idea, but yeah. I also had, yeah, but I had that same experience and that's, I mean, a lot of this stuff gets pretty far away from the scientific method, you know? There's only so much that you're able to test where where that is, like, the closest thing you can do is be the sterile test tube. Well, I mean, as far as, like, you know, there's... I, when I went to school under Sean Hargens at John F. Kennedy University, and, sh- you know, Sean had developed this, uh, what he called, integral multi-methodological pluralism, where he's, like, basically, like, we, we go from... And we talked about this a little bit on your show, the first time mm-hmm. I was on your show. We, you go from sort of like rules that like kind of concrete thinking to ideologies. You have like a whole value system and then you realize the value system is sort of an impl- like it has an implicit like a methodological approach attached to it. And that all of these different ideologies are the what that's associated with this implicit how. Mm-hmm. And then you get like the, the sort of mature postmodern structure of consciousness is where you, you realize that there are just as there are multiple r- rules and like multiple rule systems, that there's like multiple different methods that by which you can approach reality. And so you start and, and, and in light of that, right. you know, the scientific method is not just about quantifiable data, right? It's about, it's about uh, the reproducibility of experiment and, mm-hmm. and like the, like uh, the establishment of a, a three person or more scientific consensus. So, I mean, I think, you know, this, this stuff and, you know, where you, where, you know, I'm really excited to take this ultimately with you and whomever else is in the, you know, the exploration of how we're going to adapt experimental design to handle forms of data that are bizarre and slippery, right. like this stuff. And it's like, it's hard to put it into a spreadsheet, but we can still start to, come at it because like when i heard you, when i heard you earlier and i, I don't want to skip the real like meat of this but no. just to put the put a pin in this to consider for later you know for me it seems like the question is like you you're sitting here now and you're looking back on some of this stuff and you're like boy that seems crazy from here but when you're in the dmt world does this world seem crazy or does it seem sense like com- comprehensible right and, and if that's the case then maybe that state of consciousness is like sufficiently complex to understand both. It's like kids don't understand their parents, but parents can understand themselves and the kid. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, so, I don't know. No, but, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. You know, so like again, like Richard Doyle in uh, Darwin's Pharmacy, he talks about that we come back and we have a hard time explaining these experiences because we're used to explaining things in terms of like binary. Whereas, you know, you get in the reason that this stuff seems so well suited to Eastern philosophy is because the Eastern philosophy has logic that is more than binary. Mm-hmm. Like it can be either this or that or both or neither, mm-hmm. you know, or it, it can be, 
you know, all four of them at the same time somehow. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was part of something that okay, I so, saw yeah, as so well. I, and that I'm also not familiar with. Um, but, but yeah, I eventually like not during uh, the ayahuasca, but trying to wrap my head around some of the stuff afterwards. Um, I had, uh, something, uh, some similar thoughts. Um, so I, I kind of saw that this, this thing was kind of, uh, it was, I got a lot of messages about addiction because I had just quit drinking. Um, and like, I got a, I got a thing about how like Jesus got addicted to his own ego. Like he, he, it started off, you know, with this great message and everything, but then he kind of got a little, a little showy and started making it rain fish and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> turning water into wine and stuff. And, and I, I got this message that, that it's like, we're all kind of drunk on our own ego and that people, people going into church are kind of missing the point. Like it should have, it was, it was actually a story about like, uh, egos getting too drunk and 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 people are missing they're going up and like drinking wine yeah he turned the water like, into the wine like, Whoops. Like it, yeah. yeah it's supposed to be the other way around <laughs> like you're supposed to be turning wine into water and uh but but i also got a thing about moderation and how sobriety is not really a thing that works even though i need to do it for now but <laughs> um i i got something that it was about how uh it showed me like just throughout history all of these all of these different like gifted communicators that might uh, be tapping into something and be expressing um, this part of this reality that is important end up kind of getting swept up in their own ego. And like, I, I, I've been susceptible to this as a comedian and, and uh, it's kind of inescapable and uh, God and like, or the creator or whatever. And, and the, and this thing's kind of infancy in the same sort of way. It was like, I can make anything. Look what I can make. And then made all these universes. And then all of a sudden was like, Oh shit, I made all this <laughs> stuff. And now, and then it was starting to feel empathetic for all of these things that it had created. And now like, isn't, uh, didn't really know the consequences of some of its actions. And, and then in fact, then, in fact, may not have had empathy at all until it, acquired empathy right. through the evolution of empathy yes right yes, yes. It, yeah. it, it was that was like basically exactly the whole thing that it was just starting to learn empathy and we as humans are just starting to learn empathy as well and um and th this is kind of the natural progression of uh of of these creating these bigger and bigger networks um and i Toward the end, um, there was, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. So, so I got this thing about how, like, it was, like, I get swept up in my own ideas sometimes and get addicted to my own ideas and creating, like, I'm always creating new worlds in my mind and imagining new worlds. And I want, like, uh, uh, I want to have, like, a fractal tour bus to, like, <laughs> a tour bus painted in fractals. I, like, need all oh, these I, I different. you made out of smaller. No, <laughs> like a tour bus that's, that's painted coming, in, fra in fractals know? that are, uh -huh. that, that, so there's just, like, a, thing of fractals blowing down the interstate or you know, just like your mind gets away from you and you just want more and more and and god had gone through kind of this similar process and is now trying to um like 
walk back some of it, but was kind of going through a withdrawal. And then, uh, I saw, uh, like, um, God's withdrawal from creating these things for, uh, at, it, it was like, it was like it was playing a video game. It was like, this is somehow part of this, um, this like chaos calculator or something like that, or this quantum calculator. It's like, but do you, you make these arbitrary physical laws and then like hit equals and then, and then this huge universe just pops out and that's doing the computation of figuring out this formula and this creator things just like looking at the end result and didn't re and didn't really un understand the suffering that was involved in putting together that computation. And, uh, much like, uh, we're becoming more and more aware of some of the things that we do to animals when we're right. studying animals. Um, and, and so it was trying to walk back some of this, but then it was suffering from withdrawal. And then I saw, um, at one point I was like, I felt like all of every person that was suffering from addiction withdrawal, like in the world at that moment, like I felt like all of them at the same time and God all at the same time also experiencing this like horrific suffering. And then that that's when the purge happened and I started uh -huh. throwing up at that time. And then I was just like laying on the ground in the worst pain of my life. And there's like something really beautiful about it. It was just this uncontrollable that's the suffering. I've with ayahuasca, I think is that it seems it's like, I'm going to recruit you to help me like purify the suffering of everyone that has ever lived <laughs> all things, all of this shit that you're carrying. It's like, I don't know if this is true, but the, the rhetoric surrounding this stuff is like, you know, that this is all your, the generational healing of all the trauma that all of your ancestors have experienced. And isn't it a one, like, aren't you just so grateful that you're the one <laughs> that gets to bear the burden of like releasing all of this through your mouth, you know, that that's somehow, and then there are people that are like junkies for, for the, it's like, you must be a glutton for punishment. You know, yeah, you see yeah. these people that are like, all right, here we go. Double down, you know, back into the ayahuasca purge world of, and there is something kind of Christic about that, which is yeah, weird. You get yeah, into this yeah. thing of like, it's me. I'm the one on the cross canceling everyone's debts. Yeah. Getting, you know, it's no like, fucking know. thank you. It's a little weird. I, yeah. It's yeah, a little weird. Yeah, Cause on the one hand, you know, you know, when, when you've got that default mode network disactivation, you know, that you're, you're not, that, that the suffering that, that there's like Ken Wilber says about, about waking up, it, it hurts more and it bothers you less. You become more and more sensitive to the suffering of all beings, but less and less identified with the contents of your own mind, less and less identified with your own suffering. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, and it's, those two things are intimate because the more preoccupied you are with your own suffering, the less aware you are of other people's suffering. Yeah. The more you are able to hold all of this together in your awareness at, at once, the less room you have for like being all butthurt and feeling sorry for yourself. Right. You know, you're like, oh no, the self is just this, this thing that happens automatically. This is, this pain is just something that happens automatically. And it's not like, I'm not attached. I'm not identified with it. Whereas like hell is, 
thinking that you're something and not something else. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But anyway, none no. of the stuff that you're saying sounds crazy to me yet. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm getting afraid. I'm getting concerned for my own, like, no, like, no. I, I, well, first off, this does, this stuff does sound crazy to someone who hasn't, like, had these experiences or thought about this stuff before. You talk about the psychedelic, like the shamanic emergency or the spiritual emergency. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, if I try to tell my Midwestern parents, about this stuff, I'm gonna be like, oh, he's, he went crazy on the drugs, you know. You just need to tell but, a, a cosmologist about this stuff because <laughs> yeah. this sounds a whole lot like the uh, was it Sean Carroll talking about universes, you know, the expansion of the universe is due to the you know like uh, emergence of information and self-organizing complex system, and that baby black holes might be birthing baby universes and all this. And it, yeah, it, it's it seems you know we're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um well, so I don't think that I went crazy for about a week. Uh-huh. Um uh like right around the time I started that I started texting you <laughs> was like right around the time I was slipping. Um but I had uh so what happened was, you know, I get done and I have basically my takeaway was like if I have if I was like, if I got some sort of direction in it, it was this very clear message that I was supposed to kind of sh- just share my experience with people so that other people could like have a look, like no one has to believe anything that I'm saying. You just have to go and drink ayahuasca and you'll <laughs> see the same sort of shit. Like I'm, I'm a skeptical fuck and that's why I went to be like, no, nah, can't be. Well, it's and a I'm scientific like, invitation. Yeah. It is. It's saying, you know, look at, stand here, look at this, you know? Yeah. And, and so it was, it was, it, the main takeaway was that it, it was, I was going to be like telling people about this DMT extended state thing, which I barely knew anything about. And I just like met this guy and I don't know anything about it really. But so, uh, I got done with the, with the, uh, ceremony. It was fantastic. Uh, and then I was like, did anyone else hear like this house almost collapsed? They're like, Oh yeah, there's this huge, like the house was shaking, like right where you were. So people on my side of the room heard it. The people on the other side didn't hear it at all. And then we went down below and like right, right where I was laying, like underneath in the foundation, there's this huge crack in the foundation that happened like at the exact same moment that it was just like, here, you be a messenger. And then, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, what the fuck? And so I, where are I the stone tablets? I know, I know. <laughs> and I didn't, I, and so that, that like, I was like, well, that's kind of trippy. That shit like that just all, you know, you take mushrooms and then shit happens that's seemingly like too damn weird to ever happen normally. That's, you know, and, and so I was still kind of writing it off as a coincidence. Um, so then a couple other things happened. Uh, when I woke up the next day, uh, the first text I got was from this guy that was running this DMT extended state thing and was like, Hey, we're making this big announcement and filming it for Gaia TV about our, our study, uh, uh, tomorrow. Do you, we're wondering if you will be the, first like volunteer participant Busted. I'm like what the fuck <laughs> then, uh, like, what the shit is going on? like that's that was the message that I got from ayahuasca was to talk about this DMT extended state thing and then I 
and then I got home and I had sent this guy, I, I can't say his name, but the scientist that I like who, uh, he sometimes also annoys me and he, he's kind of controversial on purpose. Um, but he, uh, um, I had wrote him to be on, uh, on my podcast a few months ago and we had met before and whatnot. And, he never wrote back and I was like, I, I, I wasn't sure that we got along that well and whatnot. Cause he, he was a wrestler that. in college. And, <laughs> not, anyway. uh, but I thought of his work and he's like really critical of the education system. He's in academia and really, really critical of academia. And, um, and I, I was a lot of his thoughts on, academia were coming into the ayahuasca trip when I was, when I was like, Oh, we need to go back to the campfire and teachers should be learning just as much as the, from the students as they are giving knowledge to the students. And I got home and the first, uh, I checked my Twitter messages and I got a message from him. I sent him a message months ago and he's like, Oh, Hey, I was overseas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, by the way, here's this article that I wrote on the education system. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then, and then I went to this talk about this DMT extended state study and this guy's talking about, like, he thinks that it's uh, p- possibly pe- people from the future sending information back in time. And I kind of started playing around with that mm-hmm. idea of how that's happening. And, and I started seeing, um, like how, we take these ideas of history. So, so it was much, much in the same way that our brain can skip around through time. And it's just a matter of putting ourselves in these different places of observing. Um, like we, we can choose to think about the past or the future at any time that we want. I'm like, oh, but the, well, the universe should be able to, I wonder if the universe can just do the exact same thing in some way. It's like tailoring a suit. It's like, mm, got to cut a little over here. <laughs> yeah. You know, 1400 AD. I've got to tweak that there. 2500 AD over there. Yeah. Like well, cause you know that like I had Carrie Welch on the show. Carrie Welch is a philosopher of time and I, she was talking about how she thinks that what we call determinism is the influence of the past operating on this moment. And that what we call free will is the inf- is actually also deterministic, but it's the influence of the future mm-hmm. operating on this moment. And so we can see the causal influence in looking in one direction. We can't see it in the other direction. Right. And that she you know, she thought also that like if you take that every moment is actually happening at once, quote unquote, that like our whole experience of linear time is of a series of moments that coexist in like hyperspace. Mm-hmm. They're all simultaneous in the nth dimension. Then that is that it, it may be that our sensitivity to the future is actually sort of like related to our ability to like synchronize with slower, like longer wavelength brainwaves, like like a longer wavelength phenomena. So we're actually picking up this long, slow wave of information from the future. That's like happening now, technically like that. The now moment of that very low frequency vibration is just a longer moment than the high frequency vibration. And that like the more that we can slow down into like, um, like theta or Delta brainwave states, those are the slower brain waves and that we may be that we're basically we it's like going passing through the cloud layer 
and that you're in this like longer, wider now that includes the shit that's happening two days from now or whatever, you know, that that's, so I, I, right. I, I wonder about that. Cause like when you get into those, those spaces uh, through meditation or psychedelics or whatever, it would seem that, well, first of all, we know that you're activating those longer, slower brainwaves, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then second of all, we know that there's like the Princeton engineering anomalies research lab did all this stuff on massively redundant, like over 27 years, metastatistical analysis of all of these studies that they did. And they found that, they were able to demonstrate that the outcome of intention on, or rather the, the influence of intention on the outcome of random events was the same, whether those events happen in the past or the future hmm. and that they were, they were seeing, and then they were seeing sensitivity when you look at it from just like a, a statistical, you know, an orbital view of what's going on. They were pulling out that people are on some unconscious level aware of things that have yet to happen and that it's like the research is so robust that they would have had to have basically like file drawered millions and millions of negative results in order to foreground this, that it's not just a consequence of throwing out data, that there's something right. that we're, we're sensitive to things that haven't happened yet in our experience of them. So it, it would seem... And then, you know, like Einsteinian relativity is that like everyone's present is not necessarily in the same place. The tape marker is not in one spot. It's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I had some, so I had some pretty strong messages about that afterward. I was kind of, cause I kind of got this huge download that just took me a really long time to process and I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping like an hour, maybe two a day. Uh, I was staying with like a, uh, this, a pretty bright academic friend of of uh mine who was humoring me. It, like this this world <laughs> isn't uh, uh, but he was like well this is the most uh, this is one of the most interesting story because he's not familiar with psychedelics and he's never heard anything like this and he's like a little bit skeptical and everything but he's like you know I, I was kind of coming up with ideas about simulation theory and all this and he was humoring me but then he'd be like i'm exhausted i'm going to bed and then he'd wake up at 5 30 in the morning i'd be like i'm glad you're up look i have these <laughs> and, and, and i was kind of trying to capture um how we how ideas take shape and form and i was kind of using the yin and yang as a nice visual metaphor of a snapshot of an idea and and i was kind of looking at the curve of it and how and i'm like but nothing's nothing's black and white. And if there's a yin and a yang, there must also be a yang and a yin. And so uh, there must be an opposite to that as well. And then I was thinking about how we spin ideas all of the time. And so maybe that's just a snapshot of an idea that's actually, it's uh, that is not static, but it's dynamic and it's moving and it's spinning. And so what looks like black and white and might be in a steady state is actually this fluid uh, moving. And, every, and that's why everything's... Uh, appears gray and then it also like that that curve when you flip it around looks like the uh dna sequence or infinity mm-hmm. symbol and um and but so the yin yang is of, a shadow of a double toroid right yeah, like that, that, yeah that whole thing that what it's the counter rotating hemisphere kind of flow that 
it's just, everything is expanding and contracting at the same time. Yeah. Depending on where you're standing on the object. Right. Yeah. And so then I was picturing myself on different parts of the object. And then I was kind of looking at the middle as the present and, and then over here is the future and the past or one side of the future, the other side of the past. And, and then I was thinking about how if you shaved or, or if you showed someone pictures of something moving, like if I wave my arm in the air and you take 10 different pictures of me waving my arm in the air, mix them all up and give them uh, to somebody, they'll be able to put them in order and and be like here's here's the order in which this this one came after uh, after this one after this one after this one but they wouldn't know they wouldn't know the direction of they wouldn't know where the start of the picture was and where the finish right, was unless right. there was a time stamp and so uh, unless you're like this was picture 1 this was picture 2 or somewhere within there two pictures had been stamped and then I was, and then I was playing around with how we observe time and how we make sense of time and how our brain puts these time stamps on our past memories. And then I kind of was picturing myself in the middle of this yin and yang. And I was like, well, if we're like looking forward and then we're looking backward, well, who's to say that that's the start or the beginning of anything? Like, why are we presuming that that is the flow of anything? And I was kind of, I started thinking about how, how this movement generates um much much in the way like a a current can turn a windmill but if you looked at it in reverse the windmill would be generating the current and uh so i was just kind of playing around with looking at things from these different observer point of views just coming up with like fine enough interesting philosophical ideas and uh, you know i was kind of excited about them and everything still wrapping my head around this experience and like how how these weird synchronistic things happened and and then after like a week of this and not sleeping i went to um a roger waters concert i had this fan that got me tickets to see roger waters i had like the best seats in the house and stuff and that day my girlfriend's now like really annoyed with me because it's I've been going on for a week about this stuff and she's bored and she uh, of it and she's like a little worried about me because I'm not sleeping. And that day I came up with this idea that if if I were to go into this DMT extended state machine and be talking with people from the future, how would I prove that? And and what if you could influence? In that, if you're in the future, if you could then influence the past somehow. Like interstellar. Maybe, yeah, like maybe as soon as I go in there, like when I come out, someone would have like a message for me that I had sent that I wouldn't know going into it. That wouldn't make sense, but it would be like in an envelope and it would make sense once I opened it. And from I would your future know self. From yeah. me. Yeah, totally. And, and so I had that idea. Then I uh, ate mushrooms because I was already committed to doing mushrooms with my friends and watching Roger, Roger Waters. I really wasn't in the state to do that. <laughs> uh, so I ate mushrooms and I went backstage and this dude that hooked me up with the tickets like looks at the tickets and he's just like, hold on a second. And then he comes back with an envelope. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I open the envelope and it's a signed picture from Roger Waters. who's my favorite musician ever. And I'm like, 
wait, so did I already, like, in the future, if I'm already going to be the first person to do this, am I already sending myself messages showing me that I'm, like, heading the right direction? And then, and I had, for days, I had started looking at music, like, anyone, like, Talking Heads, which I'm not normally into, and um, all, the, all these kind of really uh, cerebral, like, uh, weirdo uh, artists that... Uh, I started looking at the different layers within uh, lyrics and how things can communicate. Uh, you can communicate a number of different messages. Some of them you don't even attend to sometimes. Some, sometimes a listener might be perceiving something different than what you intend it to be. It happens to me all the time as a stand-up. And I started thinking that there was, I started like getting messages about time travel from like music in a way. And I started thinking about how, uh, how the same idea that like, this is like God learning to talk like through us. It's just trying to figure out this language as we're trying to figure out how to talk to it. And, um, and I like saw this, Roger Waters and I started that I started losing it when I got the envelope because it was just getting to be like too fucking real for me and I started getting really nervous and I was out there and I'm in like the best seats and uh on the side of the stage and then like <laughs> Roger comes over to this he's like 10 or 15 feet from us I'm like thinking about how I got these tickets for free for like someone that gave me t-. I'm like did I send that person back into the past to meet me and like how I met a- someone asked me in my merch line what my favorite band was and I was like Pink Floyd and then the next person in line was like did you just say your favorite band is Pink Floyd well I fly the inflatable pig for Roger Waters <laughs> do you want free tickets um and I'm like, wait, did all of that, what the fuck is happening? Did that actually, like, uh, is, is that just coincidence okay, or is this? The a- thing with synchronicity, the thing that I've noticed and I've heard other people notice about synchronicity is that it it's like self-reinforcing somehow. Yeah. And that there is this thing, like, everyone believes that Burning Man is a synchronicity engine. Right. right? That, like, somehow something about Burning Man makes it so that if you declare that you want something, you're like a hundred times more likely to get it at Burning Man than you are somewhere else. (laughs) And so like this year at Burning Man, my friend was like, man, I would just love, I would just love some olives. I just love some olives out here. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's that's like Kalamata olives specifically. We had this whole conversation about, oh, I hate black olives, Kalamata olives. And then I went over to see another friend at, at her camp and they were, they were having a, a party at their camp. These two people had just gotten engaged and they were working behind the bar and the, at the, at the bar, they were making martinis with these like Ziploc bags, like re- resealable store bought bags of Kalamata olives and oil. And I was like, wow, that's strange. I was just having that conversation. And I, I so I asked the guy behind the bar, I was like, Hey, you know, my friend just made this, it's her first year at Burning Man. I kind of want to blow her mind. You think I could take two of those olives? And he's like, here's the whole bag. Just hands me like from below the bar, a completely like the entire Ziploc, like desert proof olives in oil bag. And I'm just like, see there. And that kind of thing happens all the time. Yeah. Like I had a, even with like utterly weird shit. Yeah. I heard about somebody saying that they had a, um, like they wanted, it was bizarre. It was like a falafel sandwich or something. And then like, 
the next thing that happened after that guy said that was, oh, hey, I've got a, I've got a, a platter full of falafel. <laughs> who, who would like some? And you know, like, so when you get into that spot, and it's yeah. like, I think, I think synchronicity might be like a collective, like an inside joke type thing where yeah. it's like the more we all agree that it happens, the more it happens and then yeah. we all agree that it happened, you know, and that yeah, it, it yeah. reinforces itself, which says something very unusual about the fabric of reality. And yeah, I, yeah we, I think that that's like where you get into, I don't, I honestly don't think that you're crazy. The problem is that when it comes to like synchronicity and high, highly personal manifestations yeah you know where it's like it only means this thing to you right it's like we need to start finding ways to make synchronicity more like mundane and like consensual so that we can start you know and i, I was like well because there there got to be things that are like highly well, unlikely I think that you that need we to have it proved to yourself first. first right and i think it like kind of went out of its way to prove itself to be, because it knew i was going to be a hard oh you fucking... want some front front tickets? Well, here you go here's some tickets <laughs> and 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 the whole concert if you saw his last tour is all they take a lot of their old songs and then just play them over like donald trump shit and like everything that's happening now it's all about how like this music that they had written back then is layered and it and, and it's just as relevant now and it's like the the lyrics are just as relevant today and and seemingly more so when you're it's as if they had the future in mind when they wrote it and, yeah and uh and then and there's even animation up there's like a uh when the song time popped up there was i was already freaking out and then the song time popped up and and it showed these clocks spinning around much like the yin and the yang thing and in a fibonacci secret which is like the thing that i was showing my <laughs> girlfriend and i'm like what do you see that? and then she started flipping out and then i was like worried for her and then thing things eventually at that point like then i couldn't sleep anymore and then like my paranoia set in and then i'm like mm. if i'm changing things in the future then who knows if like other things are able to change things and like might come after me to stop me from doing this and then i just got really paranoid and that's when everything fell apart after mm. that um but yeah so you know, I, when, sorry no. When when I saw Reggie Watts in New York a couple of years ago, first time I got to see Reggie Watts live, mm -hmm. I was sitting there in this in the in the Mercury room in in the East Village. I was sitting there, being like, you know, if I were a time traveler, like nobody would know. Like you wouldn't just show up in like your tinfoil spacesuit or whatever. Like right. you just you'd show up in plain clothes. You'd have gotten them from the Hard Rock Cafe or you know wherever you can get those, you know three. Yeah. And and then like I was thinking that. And then the very next thing that Reggie Watts, who's like improvising his whole show and he's just like pulling this shit out of the ether, right? And he's like, he's like, I wonder if there are any time travelers in the audience tonight. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but how would we know? How would we know? Because they would just be, you know, wearing like, and I was like, dude, get out of my head. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. And I, and, and so that's, you that, gotta just like, this yeah. stuff is, that stuff is real. Like yeah. what, what does it mean? I don't know. But like right. that, there is, like we're permeable to each other at the yeah. very least. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so I don't know, man. Yeah, no. It, well, I mean, it did go crazy after that. That's all like the same stuff that happened. That was like week one, week two mm -hmm. and three. Then I started thinking that I could like, 
at one point I was like, well, if this is all this like collective consciousness thing, then, uh, that, that like every idea that we have is, uh, you know, the, these kind of most popular, like this collective conscious that has is like kind of like reddit where these these <laughs> ideas that we're having the most kind of become the dominant ones uh, like there's all of the ideas that have ever existed are in this pattern but there's these dominant ones that we kind of tap into more and pay more attention to and then i was like well you could <laughs> you could uh, potentially um so I'll just give you like one of the fucking low points of crazy, just to give you an example. Of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you could make a case to this collective consciousness, you could tap into things and tap into other people and tap into this collective consciousness and change it potentially. And so I thought, I was like, well, how, how would you, um, like get into, I had this, uh, message during ayahuasca that, we're just like kind of children and trying to interpret things like Donald Trump was, uh, elected on, you know, uh, anti-immigration, anti-terrorism and anti inner city crime or whatever. And there there's things that there's like legitimate threats within those groups. They're just so much more specific and nuanced than this blanket, uh, so like the cartels and, terrorists and and then gangs are a bit of a threat um and and this is like kind of what uh, is creating a lot of this prejudice so there's like a slight amount of truth in it it's just misinterpreted it's like it's like a child that doesn't know and uh, and is trying to I make got sense bitten of the world. by a dog so all dogs uh, are right bad. right yeah and uh and so i was like well if you if you if uh you ended prohibition you would be able to you'd drain all of their resources. That's how they make all of their money and you'd get rid of those. So that's something that would be in everyone's interest. So I was like trying to make this case to, and I was like, and, and Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about anything but his own ego. And so if he were to like end prohibition, he would be a hero. He would be like, everyone would be like, holy shit, who knew that guy was going to save the fucking world? Who would have guessed? But he did. And, and so I was like, if, if you could figure out a way to make this case. And I, so I was like trying to navigate this collective conscience, conscious to get to like our government to convince them of that because there's like these weird thought spirals and stuff, these weird like fractal like tunnels. I, I had things that were like, I had this portal that was opened up in my head and like I was able to like manipulate my environment. Like shit was getting really strange. I was waking up in the middle of the night, like after like 30 minutes of sleep, that's about the most I could sleep. And I was jumping out of bed and it was like my girlfriend thought I was possessed by an alien. Like I swear something was trying to fucking come through my body and possess me. Do you think you had and the crazy look in your eye that I you were did. seeing? And the, yeah. You know, that's like, why I brought it up. Enthusiasm is, is the, <laughs> the, the spirit and the God inside of you yeah, out, yeah, you know? yeah olay there's like elizabeth gilbert's whole ted talk about the genius and about the it being the genie is like actually comes into you and i know right. i know we're running out of we're running close you got to get to your show and, and do the do your your stand-up but i want to get get to a point where we can 
tie this up and you can feel good about oh no i feel good about all of it um i i just like not the part when i thought that maybe i hacked into donald uh, donald <laughs> trump's mind and maybe trapped it in my mind and uh, i thought there was like a part of him that i was like oh maybe i can hold it hostage and then i thought like maybe i was holding some part of donald trump hostage in my head and so then i took myself to the psych ward I took my, like, like a fucking Ghostbusters containment <laughs> thing. Like, I turned myself in to be like, lock me away. I got him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when shit got real crazy. That was after not sleeping for like two or three weeks at that point. Um, and that, but the, yeah, it was really fucking crazy. Shit. So as soon as Donald Trump was out of your head, they let you go. It actually sounded like the whole thing worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> Still prohibition though. So yeah. Well, you, you, we gotta, you know, you gotta give this stuff time. You, you don't see the earthquake until it's, you know, like you, you, you don't feel it until it's on the surface, right? You know, maybe you planted a seed and in, in the karmic yeah, uh, yeah. envelope that's just super deep in there. And just, just take some time for that stuff to unfold, you know? It will take time. Yeah. Anyway, I, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I get more, uh, more of your adventures in in hyperspace. I yeah, think, I think a big part of I know, wish we would have had more time to talk. Yeah, well, I think it'll. I think we will because you know I think that like between this this talk and and the talk that you did with Duncan, I, I feel like we're starting to come around to this sense that there is, you know, we're, we're grasping at the the very like contours of there being like a new not a science of psychedelics. Like, you know, yeah. maps is doing, you know, like, let's give these people this and see if we can get them over their PTSD, but a, a truly psychedelic science where right. we can enter into these non-ordinary spaces and then, you know, with other like credentialed professional investigators and yeah. like, move into these spaces and, and, and make sense of them. I and, think you know, so. Keep our heads on our shoulders and still yeah. you know, keep our, keep each other in check, hold each other accountable interpret these things together in a way that makes more sense because otherwise yeah otherwise yeah it's easy to think you're going crazy and if you don't have other expert you know other veteran psychonauts there with you it's a whole lot easier because it's so bizarre to other people yeah yeah you know but i, I mean i hear this stuff and i'm just like shit like where when can we when can we run the follow-up experiment <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah like, i know we, me too we, we need to reproduce this data i know so. i know i like i i even after my experience i'm like i want to i think i need to get back in there get like as crazy as that is as nervous as it makes me i don't want to like go for three weeks without sleeping again i don't think that i ever would again i would take something to make well you just need a sleep. you need the thing the real thing is go in there with a team yeah and, and if it's like spelunking, it's like you need a guy standing at the entrance to the cave, right. holding the, the rope, right, right, you right. know, so that y'all like, you know, and then they've got a radio. So you got you know, radio up and, you know, we just right. need, we need the whole sequence of people to like Rosetta stone this. So you've got, um, I actually know some people that, that do, um, some, they're, they're attempting some scientific protocols with 5-MeO DMT. And so they'll, they'll, they'll have one person who's only in a little bit. Yeah. And then they'll have another person that's in all the way. Yeah. And so you have a sequence of people and there's like a translator in the middle so that you can, you know, you can kind of negotiate. You're not, you're not 
two totally different states of consciousness trying to have a conversation. Right, right, right. And that might be, that might be what we need is like intermediates. I think it's important. I think it's, I think big things could come out yeah. of it. So yeah, who knows? I don't know if I'm going to be any part of it or not, but I, I think that it's just, as far as I know, this is all that I need to do to fulfill whatever the thing was trying to tell me to do is just talk honestly about these things on podcasts and whatnot. And so hopefully I've fulfilled that obligation and I don't have to spend more time in a fucking psych ward to <laughs> fulfill whatever other fucking weird missions the universe has for me. Hopefully or, I'm like fucking know. retired I, and I did my tour. I, I would yeah, miss psychedelics. That's how I feel about probation. <laughs> hopefully I don't have to go back. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. Where, what is, where do you want to send people? Where, Shane Moss, dot com, and check out the here we are podcast.com website. Yeah. Right on dude. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the show. Future Fossils is part of the MindPod network, along with Synchronicity, Third Eye Drops, It's All Happening, The Astral Hustle, and a number of other excellent shows. Go to mindpodnetwork.com to check those out. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can leave us a review on iTunes or become a supporter at patreon.com slash Michael Garfield. No matter what you do, remember to be a good ancestor and have an excellent eon.